getting sent to the principal's office. Thinking that I never, ever wanted to be a principal. Is not an easy thing. The reason I didn't want to do it is like, man, in my opinion, I was the best teacher and I was affected so many lives. Even when you're not a student. Um, some of my colleagues would say, hey, you would be a great principal. And I remember thinking like, no, I don't want the principal job. <laughs> like, I'm okay where I am. Welcome to A Matter of Principles, a podcast from the School of Education at Edgewood College. Join our panel, Mike. You could affect the lives of the, the kids in your class or you can affect the lives of the kids in your school. Jennifer. You know, education can be amazing for all kids. Lalo. If I were to run a school, what would I want to see in the school? And Tim. 17 years later. 17 years. As they talk about their journey. Then I read a posting one day, and as I read it, I said, gosh, if I put my name in for this job, I know I'm going to get it. Their experience. You can have the best curriculum that you want, but if you don't have the right teachers and the right leadership to kind of guide you through it, it just sits there as a great curriculum. And their drive. I think she went for my ego, and I said, all right. So I said, I'll do it this time, and then soon I had my own school, and I haven't looked back since. To be leaders in education that make a difference. I don't think that I really fully understood beyond that, um, the deeper level of impact that you can continue to have. This is a matter of principles, and now your host, Dr. Tim Slacker. Welcome to episode one of It's a Matter of Principles. Well, sitting in front of me actually are school administrators who are either practicing principals, have principals licenses, or have even gone further and have added a degree above the principal. And welcome to the show, Jennifer Apodaca, Mike Hernandez, and Gerardo Mancia. How are you all doing? Splendid. Great. Doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Jennifer, you're first. You're the first guest on, you're not a guest, actually, you're one of the main interviewees for this show. It's a matter of principles. Well, we'll see how today goes. We'll we'll see how today goes. (laughs) I might just be a guest. (laughs) What what I'd like to do, though, is just for everybody listening, just give us a short bio. Sure. So I grew up in Wisconsin. I grew up in Manitowoc. Um, I went to college in Milwaukee. That was a really good time. I did both my graduate and undergraduate work there. Um, This is really fun to be here because I thought I wanted to go into communications to begin with. So sitting here today is like, this is what it could have been. Your dream came true. Right, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But then I uh, changed my major midway through the game and uh, really said, no, education is where I want to be, have always wanted to be. Uh, Let's get it right. Right. Um, Then I went and taught in Waukesha. I was a teacher um, of kids with disabilities. I worked specifically with kids with intellectual disabilities. Cognitive disabilities is what we said at that time. Right. So special education. Absolutely. Special education is my background. Um, Right. A passionate, inclusive educator. Uh, And then I worked in Waukesha for six years. And during that time, I got my master's in administrative leadership. Uh, When I finished, I thought, oh, why not? Let's just look and see what's out there in terms of jobs, thinking that I never, ever wanted to be a principal. Uh, But then I read a posting one day, and as I read it, I said, gosh, if I put my name in for this job, I know I'm going to get it, because it was written so well, and it was a perfect match for everything that I believed in um, and thought that I wanted to do, so I applied and um, was hired to be an associate principal in the Verona Area School District. Right now, I am the director of student services for the Sun Prairie Area School District. Mike, where did it all start? Uh, Where did it all start? (laughs) I was uh, born in Toledo, Ohio. Um, My mom and dad lived there. I went to my undergrad at Bowling Green State University in Northwest Ohio, and then I went to grad school at the University of Toledo. I moved back out to California. I have have a bunch of family out in San Diego area, and in San Diego, and I I worked in San Bernardino, and I finished up, I guess I have three master's degrees through Cal State and through um, University of Toledo. 
I started my teaching career as an AP government teacher. Oh. Yeah, I hated it. Civics. Yeah, I I hated it. (laughs) I felt that the kids kind of... You hated teaching? No, I hated the AP component (laughs) of it because I felt kids were learning in spite of me. But I taught one class Mm -hmm. of uh, a reading class. Um, The principal had me teach this reading class because I had a double minor in social studies and English. I needed to leave early because I coached. And I fell in love with this intervention class. And I went back and I got my master's in special education. So I was a special education teacher for seven years. In the last 17 years, I've been a principal. Where are you a principal now? Uh, I'm a principal at Madison East High School. I've been there for the last four years. Previous to that, I was a principal at Sherman Middle School, which is a feeder school, as well as in Madison. I was a principal in South Chicago for a couple years, which was a Waldo Middle School, which I enjoyed. Before that, I was a principal at Mesa Linda Middle School in Southern California in San Bernardino area. So for you, it truly is a matter of principles. Yes, it's <laughs> 17 years. Yeah, multiple. Now, and our Dr. Gerardo Mancia, tell us a little bit about your background. So I was born in Mexico. I immigrated to the United States when I was about six years old. I grew up in south, on the south side of Chicago. I ended up going to high school there. And similarly, I, I was uh, to Jennifer, I was interested in video and broadcasting. <laughs> so during high school, I actually did some of that um, work. And then I actually got a full tuition scholarship to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, part of the POSSE program. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually what brought me over here to Madison. And then I did my elementary ed education as an undergrad. I really enjoyed the teaching aspect of it. I went on to get my master's degree. Um, I actually ended up getting two masters, one in ESL and bilingual education, and the second one in counseling psychology. And then? <laughs> so I wanted to uh, jump into the schools right away. Uh, throughout this whole time, I was working with the different school districts in the area. Passion had been bilingual education and multicultural education. And so I decided to go ahead and continue um, into my PhD program. And I got into the uh, UW-Madison in the curriculum and instruction program. And I really focused on um, the school to prison pipeline to kind of understand what are the different challenges that different schools have and how, how can um, we address those challenges? What can we do to help students feel welcomed at school and be able to be able to perform in school as well? And now you are the director <laughs> of the Ed Leadership Program at Edgewood College. Yes, I was a teacher after getting my PhD, I became a teacher in the Madison School area. I was a bilingual resource teacher. I then moved on to be a regular education teacher and I finished as a dual language immersion teacher. And so I was I really enjoyed the ESL bilingual programming and that also allowed me to kind of see kind of what I I wanted to my vision and vi- my mission and vision for ed- educational leadership um, which was to what I brought into Edgewood College as well. So Mike, four principalships before you decided to do it four times. When is it that you decided that principal was your future? Well, it wasn't really my decision. (laughs) Um, I was a department chair in special ed, and it was the day before school started, and I was running some interviews at the district office, and the secretary of the superintendent came in in the middle of the interview and said, hey, Mr. Van Zee, at the time, the superintendent needed to see me. And Uh I said, I was in an interview, and they said, no, they need to see you now. Okay. So I excused myself. I went down to the superintendent's office. The board president was in there, and uh, principal, the head principal, Mr. Andrews, was in there. And I'm thinking, what did I do? I, yep. mean, they, <laughs> I sat down, and what they, they told me was the previous night, a principal at a 
feeder elementary school was found passed out in a Del Taco parking lot with drugs, and they were releasing him. They were moving the assistant principal in my school to the elementary school, and they were moving me into that principal or assistant principal position. I said was, no. Oh, I was going to say there's no asking involved. <laughs> well, I, I said no, and they told me you get to say no once, and then we'll never ask again. They gave me a little time. I spoke to a few mentors, and they said the reason I didn't want to do it is like, man, in my opinion, I was the best teacher, and I was affecting so many lives. Miss Mitchell, who was another assistant principal, told me you could affect the lives of the the kids in your class, or you can affect the lives of the kids in your school. Mm. Which one's more impactful? And I think she went for my ego, and I said, all right. <laughs> so I said, I'll do it this time, and then soon I had my own school, and I haven't looked back since. 17 years 17 later. 17 years later. 17 years later. Jennifer, what about you? <laughs> I mean, this move from teacher to leadership, you know, principal, assistant principal, I mean, what, what is it that drove you to make that decision? Mike was kind of cornered and put in the box and said, you're going to do this. Uh, It's funny. When I think about the whole journey for me, it's been, um, I follow the rule of threes. Things have to present themselves to me three times. And the first time I hear it, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. But it gets my attention. The second time I hear something, all right, I'll pay a little more attention to it and give it some deeper thought and know that when it shows up as an opportunity for me the third time, that means I'm, I'm supposed to take that leap and I'm supposed to give it a go. It isn't any different with this okay. um, for me. So it's the rule of threes. It's so when I was a teacher, I, was, um, I had great opportunities to consistently step into leadership type positions. At the time that I was teaching, we were working on taking uh, the students that I worked with had primarily been at one middle school and we had three middle schools in Waukesha and we wanted to have inclusive programs for kids with intellectual disabilities at all of the middle schools. And so I was able to be hired to expand uh, into one of our middle schools. And then by the time I was finished, I had been able to be in the other middle school as well. And we had these programs up and running and not really at the time thinking about what was happening, but there was some pretty significant systems change that was happening through the work that we were all doing together to help kids attend their neighborhood schools. Uh, During that time, I had some great mentors that were able to say, this is what you were doing. Like, let's, let's consciously think about how we are shifting how we work and think about students and families within our system. You should really go back and think about your masters. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like where Mike was saying, you can reach more mm-hmm. if you take this next step. Well, and I thought, well, I'll go back for my master's and I'll learn more, but I don't know that I ever figured I would apply it. (laughs) I thought, oh, this sounds great. Uh, But then again, it's that people uh, saying and also beginning to understand the impact that you can have beyond the classroom. I too had a really difficult time thinking about leaving the students and the families that we were working with because we were making some really great changes and gains um, and impact on those students and their families and their futures. But beginning to think, oh, all right, let's see what it would be like to be able to start an entire school that is that has that philosophy Mm. that we can make you know education can be amazing for all kids that was what really was tempting to me was to be able to think even beyond just students with disabilities to thinking about all students and equity in a more broad lens and that's what led to my intrigue in building level administration from from associate principal then now director of uh, pupil services Mm -hmm. how many years fully in the administration for you then um, um 12? 12 years. I should say that with more confidence. Yeah. Yes. 12. 12. <laughs> 12 and going on 50. Right. No. <laughs> no, I, so 12 years, 17 years. You got, I mean, you, you two have been at this, this work. So it's not, you know, something is keeping you there. 
Is it that that story that Mike said, that powerful story when you get from a mentor of saying, yeah, but you can do more? Even me now as the dean of the School of Education at Edgewood College, you know, I started as a second grade teacher and a fifth grade teacher, and I thought I could do no wrong as a fifth grade teacher particularly. Second grade was a little bit rough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Seven-year-olds are tough. (laughs) Just be, you know. Yeah, it was even that, that, that movement to say, I can do more. What do you do, though, when somebody hears you say that? Or maybe the other part is, did you get any resistance, Mike, from making the transition from colleagues? Probably the hardest thing was is that I worked with people that I was having lunch with and you know, hanging out with planning with and then all of a sudden I was their supervisor Mm -hmm. right right and that was difficult to the sense of I knew how people authentically thought and acted or felt about the kids that were in front of us the kids the families it was tough but it was also it was easy because everybody knew my personality and knew how I felt and they also know the expectations that I had and have and it was really unfortunately it was one of these things that it was way I made mistakes and I learned from them but I also was able to sit down and be my true self because I didn't have to put on a front mm-hmm. of this is what a principal acts like because I was a teacher there two days beforehand mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now I was walking around and I was the supervisor right Gerardo, just a small you know different twist on your story because you're coming from the classroom you're out yeah. there doing the two master's degrees. I feel woefully underqualified being in front of all of you with your multiple degrees and different things like that. I I just did my bachelor's, master's, and PhD, and then it was truly terminal because it's a terminal degree, and I was done. You come out of the classroom, you get your doctor's degree. How did you find yourself into being the program director of an ed leadership licensing program at a college. I was doing my teaching, so I, I was in my PhD program, and then I finished all of my coursework. As soon as I finished my coursework, then I had to work on the actual dissertation part. It was during this time that I went to the classroom. And so I was actually working in the classroom while trying to finish my dissertation. And so a lot of That's times- That's fun. <laughs> yes, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so a lot of times I think I was just, as um, other people have mentioned, I was just in the classroom. I was trying to do what's best for students. That's what kind of kept me going. That's what kept me pushing me forward. Um, I was part of the bilingual re- um, leadership team at the school and so a lot of the ESL redesign and a lot of the projects that we were doing I took a lot of a, a lot of pride in actually being part of the membership so I, I never saw myself in administration or in, in leadership roles um, some of my colleagues would say hey you would be a great principal and I remember thinking like no I don't want the principal job <laughs> like I'm okay where I am I like what I do I like the uh, help, helping the students um, in the place I'm at and several students uh, several of the, my colleagues also mentioned this and so it, similarly I think it put that bug in my ear mm-hmm. of could I do this can I do the principal um, and so it kind of kept me kept me thinking after I finished my doctoral work then I also was thinking about what is my next move where do I want to do I want to stay in the classroom do I want to move on to other things mm-hmm. and one of the most important parts for me had been my own training and my own development and being a teacher and so it brought me back to the idea of teacher preparation programs and principal preparation programs at that time I was not thinking principal as much but I was just thinking about leadership if I were to run a school, what would I want to see in the school? How would I want to see the school run? What are the priorities that I want to see? And so I saw the job opening for um, 
Edgewood College for the director of the Ed Leadership Program. And I thought, I know how to do the teaching part. <laughs> I know how to do, I've been involved with leadership. I know how to do that part. But I think that when I saw that opening, I think, or that job posting, it really made me question that, take that moment and say, could I see myself doing this kind of work? Can I see myself impacting more students? Can I see myself impacting future educators, future leaders? And I think that when I came to that aha moment of this could be a place where I could also not only help the students that I'm helping now, but also be able to train the new students that are coming down the pipeline and the principals and the leaders that are going to be leading our schools. I felt like that was a very important opportunity that I, I went ahead and threw my, my name in for, uh, for the job because I feel like that allowed me to kind of have that opportunity to say, how can I impact the direction, the trajectory of so, future leaders? So that sounds like a theme across all three of you is is this idea, it's, it's you know, something like, oh, you wanted to be a principal just for the power. And, and no, no, it's it's the impact as a leader, right? In, in one sense, administration, sometimes when you hear that, you, oh, you're in administration, that's kind of a pejorative to talk about this thing. No, it's, it's a leadership because I hear all three of you talking about it's not a power issue. It's a leadership issue because of, of an impact. Do you feel the impact that you imagined you were going to have doing that type of awesome work? I think the work that was happening in the classroom for me was directly impacting students and their families and helping them take steps towards a more engaged and powerful future for them. That was the same thing that happened as uh, an associate principal. We were able to work and build close relationships with all of the students, all of the families. That was a priority for us in our school and working with our teachers to help them have that same level of relationship. So I can see the ripple uh, when it went when I went into that position. My intermediate position was then to move into a, a position of program management. So I was supporting special education at the secondary level in Sun Prairie as well. So that next concentric circle, that next ring, if you will, was also very much about coaching teachers and working closely with families and working closely with students on their academic and their post-secondary goals. So yes, I can see those that rippling out and now at the systems level, constantly looking, having more impact on the different practices, procedures, uh, values, beliefs, uh, living out the vision, making sure that everything is really coherent for people. I can see definitely how the importance of leadership on impact for kids. To be honest, though, I don't know that I understood that as I was going through it. What was most important to me was being able to maintain relationships and being able to help at that next level. I don't think that I really fully understood beyond that, the deeper level of impact that you can continue to have. I think that has actually just probably come within the last maybe five years, understanding the depth of the impact that, the, or the responsibility um, of the depth of the impact, both positively and negatively that we have within leadership. Mike, what about you? Same, and similar? Uh, I think it's I would agree with everything you just said. Some of the the micro parts of this, I've had the the luxury of seeing kids enter in from sixth grade. And then when I moved over to East, I moved over with the freshmen. I'm seeing them. This is the year that they're going to be graduating. That's pretty powerful, right? You get to see them grow from little ones and now they're young adults. The impact that I think 
that I feel is with these students of trying to model what I feel is is important, you know, the family feel, the community feel. But also, I just said this the other day in a, a staff meeting, I was sitting and I was doing some math from the last 11 years sitting in, in, in Madison. There are 19 individuals that I worked with that were teachers that are now in leadership positions mm-hmm. in the district or in the in the surrounding district. Mm-hmm. And to me, that, that umbrella of leadership, that there are some, some strategies and skills that they've developed that are now being used in other the impact that's the ripple yeah. right it's the umbrella well, Jennifer right? said yeah. that, that ripple yeah, thing it right is, that is just amazing because i i follow their careers i follow them and i'm very proud of them it's like a father moment right i'm proud <laughs> of, of what they're doing and the and the uh, the hills that that they're standing on so that's um, that's powerful well, and, and so Gerardo and I think about this, right, what we're embarking on here, and in fact, let's talk about this, right? We've got Jennifer and we've got Mike as yeah. your two new faculty members in the Edgewood Principal Ed Leadership Licensure Program. What's exciting to you about the energy they're bringing? I feel like partnerships is one of the things that comes to mind. They're two amazing leaders in the school districts as well as in the community. And I feel like bringing that, their expertise and their leadership into the program and being able to share, like Mike, as Mike said, being able to share those experiences, those moments, and those the ability to network as well. To be able to think about how do you support the next, the next group of leaders mm-hmm. has been very, very powerful. I think that they are passionate about their work. I think that they are committed to their work. And as they've mentioned as well, kind of like their commitment to supporting the students are, are kind of like the things that are going to continue driving um, as we think about future leaders. Yeah, and, and I know you personally, I mean, one of the reasons that I, I hired you too was your vision for this ed leadership. I said, you know, Gerardo, I, I want to shift from just licensing yeah. principals and administrators to having a program that actually was about leadership that had a heart and particularly the issues, you know, culture, yeah. language social justice. As we were introducing ourselves, one of the things that I noticed was special education and ESL is two, mm-hmm. two um, fields that kind of were brought up. And I think about equity kind of being at the background of that kind of work mm-hmm. and thinking about how do we serve the students best. So thinking about then how do we take equity culturally and linguistically responsive um, leadership and even thinking about social justice and how can we bring in those to the foreground in all the work that we do, um, whether it be to think about how do we support our teachers uh, moving forward in their own professional development, how do we support the families that are coming to our schools and how we support our communities that are there as well. And thinking about how do we not only talk about the work, but also embed that into kind of things that we do every day. Mike? This past year, I got I was lucky enough to co-teach with you, right? Yes. And it was a curriculum and instruction class and we tore the curriculum apart <laughs> and we, we went through and we focused on culturally relevant pedagogy and we and it was a fun yeah. class and I'm gonna say selfishly it was a re-energizing class to me myself with my it made me reflect on what I'm doing and that was so much fun because we were redesigning everything we went through and we didn't always agree on stuff but it was always on what was the best practice but how was it culturally relevant for the kids in front of us and when we're talking about kids these are future principals yeah. well I'm talking about both okay. the kids like the students but the future principals that were in there because they pushed us okay they asked these 
these questions. And then I went back and I started talking with my leadership team about some of the questions that they asked and said, you know, maybe fresh eyes, right? It, the new eyes. It's that part of professional growth. And it was it was rewarding on my end. And I, I know that we helped the students that were in front of us, the future principals, but they helped us just as much. And, and we were reflective and we adjusted. And I think that's another skill that we demonstrated saying, listen, we understand because we asked, you asked the question, what do you want out of this class? And it, it, it was like putting a tee on, a ball on a tee because we had already talked. We're going to make this different. That's a, that's a golfing <laughs> reference yes. just in case people don't know. Okay. Uh, we, and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Jennifer, it, this is going to be your first semester teaching. Just, I just you finished. You just finished. Yes. What, what course did you just finish? So I taught uh, Ed Leadership 360, which is the director of special education okay. course. And reflections? First of all, I, I had so much fun. I had the best group of professionals that uh, to work with on my first class. And like Mike, I found myself learning so much more about myself, uh, reflecting deeply with the group on our ethical responsibility through educational leadership. I think that was the theme that ran through every single session that we came to mm-hmm. together. So first of all, super grateful for the participants that I had in the class. We had a wonderful uh, group of people. And then secondly, just the learning that we did together and the reflecting together about what it means to be a socially conscious leader in the area of special education and pupil services to like super contentious areas, areas where when everything else is falling apart, you usually wind up swing, you know, having to sweep in and figure out how to put the pieces back together for kids and for families and for schools. So it was it was a great experience. So Gerardo, we're going to keep them? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we wanted to continue teaching. In fact, actually. I want to teach with you guys. I'm really curious about how you tore your curriculum apart. I would like well, that. And it was interesting because the, the course itself is curriculum planning. Yes. And so ah. one of the push and pulls that we had throughout the whole class is like you could focus. And I think one of the students actually called us out and he said, you could have the best curriculum that you want. But if you don't have the right teachers and the right leadership to kind of guide you through it, it just sits as a great curriculum. And so I think that it was kind of interesting to kind of have that push and pull where we talked about what are the different things that you have to consider as a leader. And curriculum might be one of them and thinking about culturally, linguistically responsive curriculum, but also then thinking about those relationships. And I think that was another theme that came out a lot. And and I pushed on... It's not about curriculum, though, even or CNI. It's not about it's no. about instruction. Yep. You know, how do you make them connect the students into what you are teaching? And, and that was the neat part about it is that we did talk about what backwards planning meant. We talked about the curriculum part. We we brought in some curriculum, but we really focused on you know that diversity that we see out here how might you take this and make connections across the board mm-hmm. engaged how do you build the the skill sets it was not about lock stock and barrel of I'm a scope and sequence mm-hmm. and i reminded them all as a principal you're not picking curriculum for your your building anyway what you need to do is you, when it segues into the the evaluation component of it is let's talk about if i'm going to go in a chemistry classroom well, i can talk about strategies i'm not going to be able to talk to you about or in a French classroom. I'm not going to be able to talk to you about because you're the content expert mm-hmm. and I need to accept that. Let's talk about strategies on how to engage all kids. And I think people, they really appreciated that. 
because that got the SEA that was in the room. He now was involved in this. You know, it got the dean involved in this, and it got the English teacher or the math teacher involved, and it was it was a lot of fun. And I've had the opportunity to actually co-teach several courses, and I think that that's one of the things that I appreciate the most because you do learn from each other, and it kind of pushes yourself to, as you mentioned, like learn more about yourself, but also to also think about modeling that for the students as well. Think about this. I keep hearing you all as administrators. You're still talking like teachers. You're talking about teaching and struck me as something when people make that decision to leave the classroom. Mm -hmm. You're not leaving teaching the way I hear from from all of you. The teaching, you're still teaching. And so that, that idea, because I've heard some people say, like, I can't ever see myself not being a teacher. And there isn't one comment that any of you have made today that said you've stopped being a teacher when you became a principal when you became an associate principal when you became the director of the ed leadership program at edgewood you're all still talking about teaching i think that's what i'm looking forward to as we continue with our new faculty in this ed leadership program and as we talk more in the show it's a matter of principles about the excitement that can go with making that shift to saying I can be a principal. It is a matter of principles. And Jennifer and Michael and Gerardo, thank you so much for a great evening of discussion. Thank you for having us. Thank you. This has been A Matter of Principle. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us in Google Play or the iTunes Store. And please join us for Episode 2 as our panel's journey continues on the road to being education leaders. A Matter of Principle from the School of Education at Edgewood College.